Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Well, it's Thursday. That means it's time once again for Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. Joining us in studio for the first time, longtime podcast and KQ Morning Show listener. Tiger Carver, also known as Howard. Andy Bernard. Mike Gelfan, future snowbird. Future snowbird? Where are you going? I say it every year. I never, I never go year. anywhere. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. That's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Rod. Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. You should come over to the, the Palm Beach County, man. There's a lot of your people over there. That's what this I hear. A lot of you. I got to tell you this quickly. Do you mind? No, go right we ahead. We have our dog. <laughs> this is Tom dog. Bernard talking, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's Tom Bernard. Recovered from his massive well, nosebleed because he's a cokehead. No, you're right, because my voice still <laughs> sounds like crap. So it's, Who do I sound? I do sound like somebody. Is it, there's, was it, uh, who was the guy that was on The Untouchables? Uh, Neville Brand. I sound <sighs> wow, like Neville sure. Brand. What was I going to say? Oh, so uh, so we get down there, and our, we have a little doggy who was named after the song Hey Jude. So his name is Jude, mm-hmm. and we're walking down the street, and he runs ahead of us, you know, gets off his leash and runs ahead of us. And Catherine goes, Jude! And about 50 people <laughs> turned around and <laughs> you know who goes, else? T- oh, my God. <laughs> you know who else tells a story like that? <laughs> and you know him well, Dave Mordahl. Yep. Oh, yeah. Because his son's oh. name is Nick. Yep. And when he was a little kid, he called him Nickers. Nickers, That was yeah. his nickname for him and he yeah and he got away from him at walnut mart and he yelled out hey and just hey, everybody Nickers, turned yeah. around and <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> the 
depending on the Walmart you go to, that's well, not it's, a good it's thing. Well, it's just probably not a good thing regardless of what no. Walmart <laughs> And it's innocent, but it's also very funny. Let's <laughs> stay away from that if we can. Okay. Probably. Judah. She said, Kathy, Judah. <laughs> but that doesn't work either because no, Judah's a thing as well. No, that's, that's kind of a German. That's just taking a sad song and making it worse. Oh, God. Uh, well, that's take a sad song. <laughs> so, Douglas, what do you got for us on Car Selling Secrets today? Well, uh, we've got Howard to interview. He actually Uh-oh. knows about cars. He knows about scary cars. I'm not cars. used to Howard. I'm just not used <laughs> yeah, to it. Really. Well, we'll go by tire. What, what do you want us to years? call you? Tire carvers? Sure. Okay. Tire Why don't you explain works. to the people listening, uh, you know, the one guy, uh, what tire carving is? Uh, I used to work with uh, sprint cars, on dirt race cars, and in order to get better traction, you would sipe and carve the rear tires. So that was my job on the team for... Oh, 15, 18 years. So are there special tools that you use to use that? Yeah, or you just it's get a, out the old a heated and... iron. Okay. And you can set the blade to a width, different width so you can make the grooves bigger or smaller depending on what you're looking for. So is that dependent on what kind of, you know, mud versus sand or, you know, what the track's yeah. like? or is Depending on if the track, you think it's going to dry out and slick off, you don't want the grooves too big because then it'll just create more heat in that the rubber that's left, and uh, then the tire blisters off, and you don't make it to the end. Whoa. That would have been a good job for me because my mother always had this vision that one day I'd be a specialist. I like it. <laughs> it runs in the uh, family. Patient as a three-year-old Firestone. <laughs> that's pretty funny. So how long are uh, sprint car tracks generally? Um, anywhere from... You know, short three-eighths. There's some that are a quarter mile, but that's really tight. Up to, you know, just over half mile. Okay. Uh, there are the very rare occasion where you get the big one-mile tracks, but uh, you don't want to screw up on those because, you know, they're doing 170, 180 at the end of the straightaways. Yeah. It, and a one-mile track? How, how powerful are sprint cars? I mean, horsepower-wise, roughly. 850, 900 horsepower. And they weigh, what, five pounds or I know. something like that? <laughs> um, they put a weight limit in it a couple years ago, but it used to be you'd be under 1,000 pounds with driver. So 850 horsepower and less than 1,000 pounds including, and I, I would assume then the drivers are rather fairly small. Well, not, not, not they're really? getting smaller now that power steering is coming into it, but okay. usually yeah. the guys would be Tom or my size hmm. because you'd literally have to just muscle them damn things around 800 horsepower in a thousand Whoa. pound car you know i've seen videos where they gun it at the beginning and the car just goes yeah <laughs> to flip over on its yep. roof yeah it's not good now by comparison uh your mustang is probably 300 and he's got a gt that'd probably be 330, 340 horsepower. Yeah, something in that neighborhood. So it's less than half the horsepower, and the car probably weighs, it's a convertible, so close to 4,000 pounds. Yeah. So it's half the horsepower and four times as weight as <laughs> heavy, and it's still a pretty fast car to drive. Oh, yeah, I, it is. I had no idea that sprint it cars were that powerful. Is there a yep. risk of blackout at those Gs? Um, I've never heard of it. No. Not quite there yet. No. Well, I mean, the blackout happens when you screw up and hit the wall. Eek. Eek. <laughs> yeah. It's better That's than being good. awake for it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. Now, where do they run sprint cars locally? Where are the tracks at? Uh, the closest one would be Cedar Lake out in uh, New Richmond, Wisconsin. Okay. Um, Ogilvy. I think Steve from Sabres 
kid runs out. He does. League. He yeah. does, yeah. I'm sorry, keep going. Oh, that's there's other tracks we ra- raced were, you know, Wisconsin, Iowa. Occasionally we'd go down to Illinois, Indiana, you know. And there's a lot of money in uh, sprint car racing? If you get to the top. <laughs> Imagine if you have a good policy. <laughs> yeah, once, once you get killed. I'm sure Allstate would be happy to uh, insure a sprint car. Sure, they pay right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's my, uh-huh. my experience with these insurance companies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're they, more than happy to give you what you're owed. They hear you did something at a racetrack, and all of a sudden the paperwork just gets lost. Mm-hmm. Oh, gee, how did that happen? You want to do what? Emil <laughs> says Arlington and Fairmont, apparently. Yep. There you uh, go. Speaking of insurance, I, uh, and I won't, I don't want to call out the provider. That wouldn't be proper. But we switched insurance companies recently, and everything was going pretty good. And then just last week, I got you know one of these policy notification things that really most attorneys can't wade through. But I did find one piece that went. Hmm. So they were happy to announce that in Minnesota uh, that they have a new. Uh, I don't know if it's a caveat. They they had some way of saying that it sounded like it was a really great thing they'll no no longer cover hail damage to roofs when it's just cosmetic what (laughs) is it all hail damage cosmetic pretty much well if you if you destroy the shingles enough it will that's true they lose their ability to you know that is true but then you will have it's like you know like with hurricanes if it's wind damage they they'll always say it's water damage if it's water damage (laughs) (laughs) that's true you're right about that. Oh, I should mention that maybe the listeners why I sound so weird. But, yeah, I've had about 14 different diseases in the past three weeks. It's been great. But I, I did clear. I do not have, what's it called again, fentanyl? No, yeah, it's fentanyl poisoning? Fentanyl. fentanyl poisoning. What? No, it's, uh, what is the hell? See, encephalitis. That, encephalitis. Oh. Yeah, they thought I might have encephalitis. You've already blocked it. It's I'm telling my COVID brain. It's just a brain virus. It's nothing serious. <laughs> yeah, no this may, we, I'd get a second opinion here. I got you five had opinions. Like five of them, so. I had five opinions. <laughs> the sixth to make one, sure. I find, is the that's the money shot. Okay, so I'm still short. You're just still short. Yes. But I wanted people to know that's where I've been the last couple of days. They told me to go home and wait it out and see how I feel and all the rest of it. But I do not have encephalitis. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm not croaking. So and how I, long did the uh, horrible headache last? Uh, about five days. It really hurt too. It was a very, very. Did you have COVID? I had the flu. Then I had COVID, and then they thought I had encephalitis. Now it got so bad very quickly. I'll get through this. About two weeks ago, I go go home. I drive up my driveway. I park in the garage. I go downstairs, and there's a guy checking our furnace out. You know, just making sure it's good for the winter and all that. Mm-hmm. I came upstairs and said, "Catherine, why didn't you tell me somebody was in the house?" She goes, "What?" I said. Well, I walked downstairs, a guy there, I didn't know there was anybody in the house. She goes, you drove right by his van in our driveway. That would have been a clue. Don't mm-hmm. remember it. I, yeah. to this moment, do not remember driving by a van. Your post-KQ career as a homicide detective is <laughs> yeah, so I'm out. drawn into question. <laughs> I'm out of the van. But how could, why, Mike, how would your brain, so I'm just not focused on anything other than what's right in front of me. You got, you got yeah. Hyperfixation. I mean, yeah. Is that what, what, what it's called? I, yep. I saw the phenomenon a lot in my dad, uh, and, and you don't have this, but when he had dementia. Yeah. He would, you know, like one day we were driving down the street, and we we drove in front of, uh, it, was, uh, it was like a realty company or something. It was fairly new. And my dad said, 
hmm, I've, I've never noticed that realty company before. Well, of course, we'd driven by it many times. Right. But the thing was, there were like uh, six emergency squads in front of it, you know. <laughs> and, you know, with didn't the, see those. The, yeah, with the cherry top spinning. Yeah. And didn't see it at all. I'm telling you, that's how I felt for like about a week. I didn't notice anything. Well, the brain is kind of selective. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Why do I still hang out with Doug then? I'm up, I don't know. I should I be more We think, be more you, get, we think you get money from the state. <laughs> well, when, when I said selective, I didn't mean it in, in a way that's, that's no, I know what you mean. positive for you. Right. No, I understand. <laughs> I understand that completely. But it's, it was really Oh, no, yeah. Well, that's, that's a phenomenon, yeah. The whole thing is just very, very bizarre. I, just, I went. I, when I, I had COVID last January, I guess it was, and I think I had a headache for five or six weeks. Yeah, I had every a really time bad I headache. coughed, yep. it felt like somebody was oh, yeah. sticking ice picks right behind my in my temples. Yep, and that I was gonna burst something. So I was just ugh. So yes, maybe that's what it was. Who knows? I will be back on the morning show tomorrow because I've been on in a couple of days again because they didn't want me to come near a microphone and infect my whole family. <laughs> That would have been a bad idea. Oh, you know what we did? I, what I screwed up? We didn't follow tradition. What? As Tyre Carver knows, oh, it's a yeah. tradition oh, of this podcast. Right. The sole piece of automotive content in some weeks uh, for the <laughs> guest to tell the story of their very first automobile. So take That's it away. Uh, my first car was a 73 Ford Maverick uh, with a 302 in it, Ooh. which made it all sorts of fun to drive. Uh, the power steering pump was going out of it, so it sounded really obnoxious. So it was a brand new one. Oh yeah, I got I got it from my aunt and uncle because my aunt refused to drive it anymore. It was really, you know, it wasn't great, but it was a car. And there you uh, go, kid, have a death trap. Yep. We just had somebody in here that also had a Maverick for their first car because we started talking uh, yeah. about the Grabber it? package, and mm-hmm. which was the higher performance well, that version wasn't, of it. No, it wasn't Tiffany. It was the one before. Right? I don't know. Memory's a terrible yeah, thing. I, I remember the interview. I don't know who it was. But so, uh, when you interview hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, yeah, you start to they forget. They do blur together. Yeah, they, exactly they together. which was which. But that car is, uh, and me, are the reason uh, why Raceway Park and uh, Elko quit spectator racing for a while. Uh-oh. I, tur- Uh-oh. I turtled the car. At Raceway Oops. Park. Mm. By turtling, I assume you didn't mean go really slow and pull your hands and head uh, inside no, the car. No, no. Yeah. I, des- I decided to way overdrive turn three and went off the racetrack sideways. And when it landed, it blew out three of the four tires sideways, bounced, and then ended up on the roof. <laughs> the thing Crush- I liked about my Maverick, which, of course, Geiger sold me, my father-in-law, was that what? it was never boring because just periodically it would just start to catch on fire. <laughs> well, didn't have that problem. You know, I do remember the 72 Maverick. The last car I ever rode in that had wind-up windows was a Maverick. It's been a yeah. long... I can't remember the last time I saw him. Oh, I bet not. When I, I was a kid, there was some car. It could have been like a babysitter or something. But, yeah, I remember roll-up windows. Oh yeah. yeah, it was common back in those days. And mm-hmm. a Maverick, really, it was the, it was the same platform as a Mustang, basically, wasn't it? Just the body was a little different. <clears throat> Similar, I think. Yeah. I got wow. a great Maverick story for you. Fire <laughs> Brett Maverick, or no? I'll say his name because he's dead. <laughs> I'm not unfortunate that he's dead, but Norm, my buddy Norm Collins, he bought a Maverick, a brand new Maverick. But that's the one that had the wind-up windows, right? <clears throat> so we're sitting over at the A and W on Minnehaha 
Creek Boulevard <coughs> there, right on, right mm-hmm. up the creek, right. And we're we're hitting the old uh, geef a little bit, smoking a smoking a joint in there. I'm in the passenger seat, he's in the driver's seat, and this cop walks over and taps on the window, and so Norm rolls the window down. The cop goes, what "The hell are you guys doing in there? My God, you guys smoking enough pot in there? I can smell it coming out. It's billowing out the window." And Norm looks up at the cop and goes. Oh man, it's too cold, and he rolls the window, <laughs> and the cop started laughing and just walked away. <laughs> he thought that was hilarious. It's too cold to talk to you. It's <laughs> like, oh, okay. I mean, that's straight out of Cheech and Chong, right? Really? What's is. your name? Oh, it's right in the license, man. <laughs> exactly. It was kind. Of, it was a Cheech and Chong. I, I got stopped by a cop coming home from the track, of course, uh, and it was uh, it was a mo- Memorial Day weekend. So, you know, they're oh. stopping every other person, right? Sure. Uh, it's a big thing. A lot um, of partying. Yeah. They, they, it's, I don't know, for some reason, that's like an annual. It, it's like it's like when the moral squad would always bust the bookies during the Super Bowl. Right. Good publicity, right? <coughs> right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, not that they, well, they weren't doing, I mean, I like to see people who are drinking get off the road. So, yeah. I'm not complaining. Right. So, anyway, he's, he's trying to up the quota, and he sees me. I'm not quite maintaining my lane. Now, I could have told him it's because it's getting dark and I can't see at night, but I didn't think that was the way <laughs> no, to go. No, probably not. And there was no one around me, though, you know, so it wasn't really a dangerous thing. But anyway, he pulls me over, and he says, uh, he says, you know why I stopped you? Now, of course, they always say, you know why I stopped you, right? Has anyone ever said yes? No, yes, I know. Exactly I've, learned, I've actually learned to get out of tickets by getting the cop to crack up. So when That's you finish good. the story, I have one that. Well, I'll, then I'll make it quick. Okay. Anyway, uh, so uh, so the uh, so the cop says, uh, you know, well, I stopped it because you know you weren't maintaining your lane properly, and I and I said something. And he said, uh, I said something like, well, and then he starts to f- put the flashlight in my eye. And I said, well, you know, I mean, I, I, yes, I understand that. And there was no one around me. And I got a little lackadaisical. He said, I got to go. He said, I got to go? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because I wasn't drunk. Right. And he did not right. have time to engage in colloquy. I understand completely. I got stuff to do, man. Yeah. So years ago, I've got a motorcycle, a Suzuki GS1000. And I love that bike. And it was really fast. And I'm riding up 694, and I'm going to get on 36 and head out to Stillwater. And I'm going 90, and it's 3 in the afternoon, and just kind of blowing along. And I start to turn on my blinker to get on to 36, and I look up, and there's a highway patrolman in the median. And he's got the lights on, and he's Uh putting his coffee down. The back wheels are spinning. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to die outrunning a cop. So I go to the bottom of the ramp, and I pull over. He pulls up behind me and asks the question, do you know I pulled you over? And I said... I assume to get an, hand out another good driving certificate, and he goes, "Well, not exactly." <laughs> and yeah. then in the meantime, people are all the people that I just blown their doors off with my motorcycle are driving by, honking right. and giving me the finger. And he goes, "Well, they must be good fans of yours, apparently." <laughs> so we went back and forth like this for a while, and he goes, "I don't know how fast you were going. Uh, my gun picked up the semi. You went by him like he was standing still, but I don't realize." He says, "You've got a clean record, so I'm just going to give you a warning." I said, "No, don't." Don't give me a warning. He goes, it doesn't go on your record. I said, don't give me a warning, please. <laughs> well, it, it, your insurance company, no, don't give me a warning. Can I ask why? Because only girls get warnings. He started laughing, and he got in his car, and he drove away. <laughs> it's 
And after that, you launched a career in radio. That's right. He did. He launched it on me. On Damn it, right. I'm an entertainer. That's, that's <laughs> I'm telling jokes from now on. Now, getting behind the wheel is it's a different experience. There's no doubt about it. It's a little more dangerous these days than it used to be. Oh, my God, is it ever. And I don't know about that. I think car you know, car technology is so good now. And That's I'm, not I'm what talking he's talking about. about. Yeah. It's, it's the, the other drivers. drivers. No, I know not. the other drivers are terrible, but you're less likely to get killed because of yeah, airbags and airlock brake and well, anti-skids no, and the, the collision the, avoidance systems. The mortality rates are not down these days. Oh, yes, they are. Not, not during the pandemic. They haven't been. But most of those statistics aren't really, you know, takes like, you know, they, they're delayed by about a year and a half. Yeah. So, so we don't really know the full effects. Unadjusted right. for inflation, there are yeah. few a, fewer <laughs> car accident deaths now than there were in 1952. Oh, yeah, by quite a bit. Well, also, Unadjusted for inflation. Mm -hmm. and also not inflation, population. <laughs> I'll tell you one more thing. Well, Sorry, I've got population. money. I've, it's, I'm holding this penny. I've got, you know, big COVID investment brain. money on my mind. I've been breathing on you, too, so your brain's <laughs> going soft. The thing is... I don't. I would never want anyone to think. You know, I don't really have to worry about getting hurt in an accident, because you know, I mean, what the heck? I, you know, those those big, nice, cushy pillows explode in front of me, and everything's fine. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, a lot yeah. of people get really badly hurt by those. That's things. what I've heard. But it yeah. is better than being badly killed. Yeah, uh, the kill wouldn't be good. I mean, it's a numbers game, right? It yeah, that's be, one thing. Is it the, can be close sometimes. No. Those old, uh, those old '50s cars—they were designed to withstand a rocket attack. But yeah. They weren't designed to withstand hitting something. Yeah. Because it would just turn into a rever reverberation chamber and vibrate you apart. Well, and the steering wheels themselves were lethal weapons. I oh mean, God! They'd yeah. Collapse and you'd get the steering yep. wheel right through the chest. That's why they invented air. But they're all metal inside, so you just get a new steering yeah, you... wheel, grab the guy, and get hose off hose the off. interior and mm -hmm. run it down to the car lot and sell it again. I got one of those. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have? Forty-eight Ford Business Coupe. Okay. Oh my wow. God. Wow. Now. Is that I bigger think than it was your house? All that no. had a those business. Those cars were huge, man, back uh, in the fifties. Not in forty-eight. They started downsizing. That was like, 48, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Mordahl had a business coupe, too, and he said they called it that because it had, like, a pass-through in the back seat or something like that? It had a jump seat behind the driver's seat that faced the passenger side because it wasn't. It was cheaper for the businessmen to buy and throw their stuff inside the car and drive around because you weren't yeah. putting a family in it. Does Mordahl, is he at all sensitive when people ask him, you know, I'm a little confused. What kind of business coop are you in? Yes. I think you pronounce that coup if you're talking about him. <laughs> it's a different deal. Hey, well, Tom, you know this, but Dave was the, he was the, had the original idea for Car Selling Secrets. We were talking one day and he goes, hey, you and I should do a podcast together. It'd be really fun and we can talk about cars and tell jokes and stuff. And he's a gearhead. I thought. And he's a professional comedian. I thought right. it might be a pretty good thing. So talk to Tom. Yeah, he can have an hour or so on the on the uh, schedule. So two weeks before we were going to do the first one, Dave called up, realizing that he forgot that he had really severe emphysema, which was kind oh, of a shock God. to no one yeah. after smoking yeah. four packs of cigarettes a day for That'll 35 years. <clears throat> his doctor said, "No, you're not. You can still do the morning show, but no, no, no more." So. Hmm. And then I called Tom. I said, Mordahl just bailed. This will be the shortest podcast ever if it's just me. Zero episodes. Because I need somebody else. Do you know anybody? He goes, well, how about me? So thanks to Dave Mordahl. That's yeah, Mordahl. Mordahl's a good really guy to work with. Has like he quit yet? 
quit, quit smoking? smoking. <laughs> I quit have no idea. Yeah. I, I haven't talked <laughs> to him in a while. We were Facebook friends, but I think he finally got off the cesspool that is yeah. Uh, yeah. Facebook a well, couple of years ago. He's more of a motorcycle guy, right? He had all kinds of stuff. I mean, he was a shade tree, farm boy, gearhead mechanic. I it was goats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, goats. Big goats. Goats too. yeah, big into goats. <laughs> well, I think he it. and uh, Candace hang out from time to time, don't they? All of them, yeah, a lot, yeah. I guess. I don't know. The, nobody tells me anything. It's probably for the best. <clears throat> oh, I'm Nothing telling you, you'd be interested the if they did. Mordal, Candace, and a bunch of goats. Kind of writes go. itself, doesn't it? <laughs> now you're talking. Now there's a sitcom. <laughs> That's right. Tom here with my good friend, CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, I was out in Maple Grove the other day, saw your new branch that's under construction. It's looking great. Thanks, Tommy. We're very excited to open our new Maple Grove branch in the Arbor Lakes area later this year. Well, the way I do math, that's the sixth North American Banking Company, and you only have five fingers. How'd you get to six? I used my computer. <laughs> we better not ad-lib. All right, we won't ad-lib. Never mind. People will... Well, oh, you're not mean. that good at it. Oh, yes, yeah, that's true. That's, right you know, right. we have locations in Roseville, 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. One thing I like about being a North American Banking Company customer is I can do a lot of my banking online or on your mobile app, but sometimes it helps to go in and talk to one of your friendly bankers in person. Everybody loves when you visit, Tommy. We hope to see you in Maple Grove soon. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Can I ask you guys a question? No. I just, something just popped up on my screen. I'm like, really? Why is this even still there? A marble bust of Chief Justice Roger Taney is seen on display in the old Supreme Court. Why is that bust still there? He's a guy who wrote Dred Scott saying oh, that African Americans okay. were say, not American. I was going to say, I'm not familiar with who he <laughs> is. <laughs> what? How could his bust even still be? They're going to finally pull it down now. I mean, if you said it was still up there in, you know, in like in Louisiana, I would have understood. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of <laughs> negative. Yeah, the bust of Roger B. Taney, uh, the, the nation's fifth chief justice, sits inside the entrance of the old Supreme Court chamber in the U.S. Capitol. Why the hell would they leave that well, in there? Is there a bust of all of them or just him? Are you trying to erase uh, our history? Yeah, that's exactly. I just thought maybe it... It wouldn't piss as many people off walking through the front door. Yeah, you, it wouldn't want to be the first thing people should see. <coughs> he held that African Americans were not citizens of the United States. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, really? Well, oh, okay. That, well, that was—I thought it was Elon Musk who said that. But <laughs> what are you going after him now for? Why, why Elon you Musk is an African American. You know, you're for, right. Yeah, he is African American. You're right. right. I should feel badly for him because he's no longer the richest man in the world. No, he's, no, no, no. he's not. What a, that's true. What a tough life he must have yeah. been—the second got, richest man in the world. You got to admit, Mike, that the digital is filthy. Oh well, of course. Oh my God, I, I can't. I don't even go on it. I just well, Tyra, I used to talk to you on there once in a while. Yep. I haven't on in ten years. I just started reading this. I was like, why would I ever want to be among this crowd? But there, there's the thing. I mean, it's it's not filthy enough for a guy like him. You know, he's, he's going to take it and make it worse. Which I, Or Jeff Bezos. I hope he does. Well, Bezos has done well by it, yeah. But, I mean, nobody's, nobody's, 
I mean, there's nothing like Twitter out there, just in terms yeah, of sheer... They flat out tried to fix our political system, which really pisses me off. Hey, Andy. Back mm -hmm. off. Can you see if you can find this? Right? Whoever, whoever is in power there will try to do that. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's got to stop. So, uh, so I don't care I, who you're pulling for. Yeah, so now it's just on the other side. And, but it's, but it's, I mean, it's, how much harm does it do? And nobody, we, we probably, I mean, it'll take anthropologists a hundred years to figure that I out. I just don't like when, look, if two people want to run for president of the United States, could you just leave them alone and not try to say mm -hmm. he's the filthiest, most horrible human being of all time? Again, it's money. It's all money, Mike. It's all Although money. Although in the case of Elon Musk, it? I don't think it's money. I, I think it's power. Let's shift well, gears. He's, he's not money. a big guy. You know. I have an illustration of what's great about social media. I saw okay, somebody good, posted good. this on Facebook last night. I'm We're ready. all Bob Dylan fans, right? I love Bob Dylan. So this oh, is course. a comedian talking about Dylan on Jimmy Fallon two nights ago. We started off with the, like that folky Greenwich Village Bob Dylan. Here, let me get this uh, micro, this yeah. uh, harmonica here. This will be helpful. Okay. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. He's always giggling on these songs. What <laughs> fun it is to ride. I think Calvin Coolidge said that. <laughs> it's like some professionalism, please, Bob. But then, uh, but then he did. Uh, how about the uh, crooner? About did the crooner kind of the lay lady Sinatra. lay? Oh, yeah, the, the national, national skyline. skyline, Bob Dylan. He had a completely different voice all of a sudden. Yes, he did. It's like jingle bells, jingle bells, I jingle all the way. He's making mistakes. The problem he has is he's hitting some of the notes. You can't yeah, do that. That's true. <laughs> you cannot hit the notes. What did are it, you doing? Did it die? Can you get the rest of it? There's two uh, more that's bits. That's what they that uploaded does. to YouTube. Oh, okay. to, so, yeah, so who was that? What's the guy's name? I've never James heard of him before. James Austin Johnson. James Austin uh, Johnson. Let's see. Here's the full interview. I might be able to find And he's on yeah, with who? He was on with Fallon a couple of oh, days Fallon. ago. Oh, Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yeah, here we go, I think. Just got to find him. Because then he's got Rolling Thunder and... He's the guy that just laughs and thinks. Oh, he's the goofy great. one, yeah. and who's it? Oh, Kimmel's the one that's a prick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jimmy Fallon's actually a pretty good musician. That's actually. what I heard. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. He's just okay. a little too fawning for my taste. I did find yeah. the rest. Yeah. So this is when he's singing the second part. I jingle all the way. How fun it is to ride. You know my horse up and sleigh. Right. What? Why are you singing like that? <laughs> we don't even need you to sing. You're Bob no, Dylan. You already have your own voice, but he created a new voice. But then he did the whole like uh, rock band tour, that, like the Rolling uh, Thunder. And he's like touring all over the world. He's filling arenas. He's got the Rolling Thunder Review Band. That's my favorite Dylan, because he's unintelligible. He's just screaming. Yeah. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> One more. <laughs> That's why they loved him in England.
I can hear you, Bob. Yeah. I'm two towns oh. over. I can hear you. I can hear you. I don't even need the microphone there. Uh, but how about uh, 90s uh, Dylan? 90s Dylan, he had, he had a big comeback, Time Out of Mind. Yes. He said, I'm never going to sell out. I'll never do an ad. And then he did a Victoria's Secret ad. What? And he's just singing like a Disney vulture. He's just, he's singing like he crawled out of a French crypt or something. Mm -hmm. And the songs have this moody sexiness to them. <clears throat> jingle bells, jingle bells. Jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride. And I want those old bands name. I think that's enough. Oh, God, See, that's, that's the thing I enjoy about because I wouldn't have found that otherwise. I don't watch that show, but it's... Uh, I love... Oh, here's Pat. I don't love Pat. I, lo I said I love it. I don't right know, on time. Pat. It's about time. <laughs> that's going to do it for this week. We'll talk to you. That's right. <laughs> no show next week, so Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy Hanukkah, exactly. Festivus for the rest of us. you got to go. Exactly. <laughs> Pat Ebert's just got here, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Hi, guys. Uh, the, the... Well, you could sit down and put the headphones on. Yeah, you can on. go there if you I want. I know you this whole radio thing. Andy. His cousin. Third cousin, I think, this was, right? Pat Third is cousin, our yeah. dual guest on Car Selling Secrets, uh, cumulus sales rep extraordinaire and good friend of mine, Pat Ebert, beaming in from just uh, east of St. Cloud a little bit. Pat, apparently not much of a Minnesotan because despite all the warnings that we've got on every media station for the last <laughs> week about last night and today's snowstorm, True. he figured, yeah, it should be cool. Just drive 80 like I normally do. And <laughs> Well, I'm a legend in my own shower, as you can tell. So uh, it's, it's great to it's great to be here, and and I'm happy that uh, you referenced me as a friend. And I I like to think of all you guys as my friend, but I haven't met you yet. I'm Howard. Hi, Howard. How are you I'm doing? Known as Tire Carver on the show. I I was listening, coming in. Very interesting, <laughs> talking about. See, uh, I told you there was a guy listening. Yeah. It wasn't me. Actually, Eddie told me the num the, new, the numbers are very good for this show. Cool. People yeah. like car and selling secrets. They do. Because yep. there's all these secrets to no, uh, cars. There, it's because there's no chicks. <laughs> oh, well. Just, just kidding. We had a chick on last week. We did. We did. I think yep. people who are listening, they like the, the suspense more than anything. Is there still, what is the secret? They're still, they're still waiting. For the secret, exactly. <laughs> is there suspense? Once it's like we get White Lotus, you know, they keep listening. Once we get to show 1,000, we will tell the yeah, secret. The secret is there are no secrets. <laughs> we may be, uh, you know, in our 90s by then, but... Still. So, yeah. Pat, this is you've been in here many times, but you've never been formally achieved guest status. I know oh, that's achieved. really quite an honor, but uh, yeah. it's a tradition that we have people tell the story of their very first automobile. So, right. gro growing up in Nodak, what, uh, tell us the tale. Yep, my, my first car was a, a cool one. It was a 1968 Ford Mustang. And uh, I, was, uh, I was 15 years old, and my grandfather, uh, Ben Miller, uh, uh, used to have a service station. He, he was a farmer and he knew everything about cars and, and stuff. And, and there, there was, it had 3,000 miles and they wanted three grand for it. And this was back in, I don't know, 1981 or something like that. And uh, I looked at a bunch of different cars and I, I got a chance to, uh, to, to drive it with him because I wanted him to, to, to check it out. And he, he sa I said, I said, Grandpa, what do you think? He goes, Why are you asking me? You already made your decision. And, uh, and, and I immediately, 
got dates from girls that were older than me after I started driving that to school. So, so the whole idea that, that a cool car can get you chicks, uh, I think, was, was uh, evidence because they could care less about me before when I was driving my parents' uh, Ford Galaxy 500 prior to that. Yeah, you know, I, if you have a, a I, I, Mustang or a Fender Stratocaster, you're going to do well. <laughs> yeah. well. I understand what he means because, you know, I've got the, uh, I've got the uh, Camry. And and I find that yeah a lot of a lot of people older than me a lot of women older than me want to want to ride in it. I'm throwing their Birkenstocks at you? No, they just want to ride to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. And you've memorized the, the the pathway there, so I'm sure it's easy for you to get there in a hurry. Well, hey, you know I mean it's uh, I appreciate older women more than I used to. I you know I met I met a really well it was actually Mrs. Tupperman in 304. She was a neighbor of my dad's. You these, made that name up. Well, well, Tupperman. sure I did. Well, I have to protect the. That's protect true. The innocent, yeah. yeah, that's but, true. But she lived down the hallway from my dad, and you know, she was the perfect. Uh, I always thought she was the perfect woman for me. She was a narcoleptic with restless leg syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> that works. <laughs> that works. So Pat, I have to tell you, your uh, your name came up at a. Christmas party, Sarah and I went to. Was not his name. <laughs> she, we, we got invited by your friend Cheryl. Okay. Who's living on Summit Avenue, and she and she's kind of latched on to Sarah a little bit. And yes. They text back and forth. Yeah. So we went over there, and there was a woman. I think her name was Marlis. That. Cheryl introduces as yep. her fake mother. Who's yeah, from your hometown. It's from Jamestown, they used and to have she a. Kept going, oh, you know Pat Ebert. You know the Eberts were very prominent family. Very. <laughs> she said that about four times. In Jamestown, North Dakota. Yeah, that's a right. Town of sixteen thousand. So like that, the best ice skater in Texas. Yeah, the the the, the, the tallest <laughs> midget on the basketball team. So. Yeah, but no, I, yeah, I, I know Marlis and and Kenny is her husband, yep. if I remember, and and yeah, so so that's cool. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, it must have been a slow news day if my name came up, but but uh, I'm I'm glad that you guys had fun. Yeah, it was fun. It yeah, was nice. So anyway, but uh, no, it's a pleasure to to be here, and, and actually, you know, uh, Stretch is is one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Oh, don't start. And, he, that. and I'm not. And, it's the and, one thing we have in common. <laughs> Flight has already massive ego, right? Right. Oh, Pat, so many, so many great stories, you know, about Pat and all the years I've been friends with him. Very few I can tell, but yeah, know, that's true. But uh, I understand that. You know, he's he's the. I used to accompany him home every every night, just about. To St. Cloud. Yeah. I wasn't in the car. I was on the phone with him. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, it, oh, yes. That makes I, more I, sense. That, I can tell you, does happen. Because it, it would be like 3 in the morning, you know. Who are you going to call at 3 in the morning? I swear to God, just about two days ago, I said, Pat, I've been on the phone with you for two hours. I have to go. <laughs> I get paid by the word. You forgot about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. When so, did you start working at KQ? I started in 2007. Oh, okay. So and, 15 uh, years. Yeah, so, right. And going on 16, um, We'll see what happens. We, had a but, lot of, we did have a lot of fun though, you know, doing oh doing God, doing yes. creative stuff. Because oh, yeah. Pat, you know, Pat really liked doing creative spots, and uh, he didn't all. Unlike some of the salespeople, he didn't insist. He kind of hinted, but he didn't insist on doing voiceover at every spot. Oh, there's no question about it. It's just a given. <laughs> well, one of the fun things, speaking of walls, are. Uh, uh, before the relationship started with you, Tom, it it was it was uh, Mike Gelfan and Jack Lucking, and oh, yeah, I and that. they did these awesome productions that we Those would put brilliant. together on YouTube. Uh, I remember one of them uh, being uh, going around town, and they ended up at the Mary Tyler Moore statue oh, on sure. Nicollet Mall. Another one was a was a that sit- back when it was all hideous. 
it was before downtown Minneapolis was hideous. So you could actually go down there <laughs> yes. and not get uh, mugged. But another one was a, 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 a Brittany was in, and it was a sales that training was meeting. Oh, that was brilliant. Yes. Morts. So, that was actually Alan Crutch's idea, and he goes, hey, what do you think about putting Jack Lucking on the radio with Mike Gelfan? And I said, it's either going to be the dumbest thing ever, or it's going to be brilliant. These people can't be farther apart. Oh, I know. Mike's an inner-city intellectual. Jack's a farm boy that's all about attitude and just... Uh, but great, he's, he's, he's a great an infectious humor, personality. Yeah. He's really a wonderful, uh, kind-hearted person. And they got to be friends, and they just did the goofiest stuff. Oh, oh and, and like you, he's a really good musician, and it was neat to have him incorporate some of that in some of the stuff that we did. And one time we went to Vegas and went all the way down to Treasure Island. We actually had a bus yeah. that went from tre Treasure Island all the way to uh, Vegas for the, the annual KQ Oh, right. Uh, yeah, so uh, the gag was broadcast. Jack's like, I'm going to Vegas in the KQ limo. <laughs> and then the shot, he's sitting in the very back row surrounded by all these Oops. huge guys people are throwing up and yep they were really you guys uh, those were really a lot of fun a Remember lot of those the rainbow run. vomit rainbow vomit yeah the the woman who had the rainbow vomit and they thought she was internally bleeding but she just been drinking a lot of margaritas <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's absolutely true i had a girlfriend that suffered from that after a night of old fashions i thought you're bleeding oh no actually they're just cherries <laughs> <laughs> those are good cherries by the way yeah. in old fashions they're coming up as well as not going go, down not going on back <laughs> probably up. not maybe not maybe so, not so pat um i know a little bit about your history and a lot of people that listen have at least heard your name and remember you from your radio days but i learned a long time ago that well pat has a twin brother who's a, a doctor he's actually paul walzer's dermatologist and they're close friends way and, more successful than i'll ever be well but that's my question so you were in medical school right i and was you decided yep. that i that i'm gonna have too much money i think i'm gonna go into radio can you tell us how that actually happened? Well, I, I can, and I'll, I'll do the Cliff Notes version because, like you said, I do get paid by there. Tom's like laying down like he's on a chaise lounge. No, 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 just, okay. You're really going to tell him how you got thrown out of medical school. <laughs> no, I, I, I won't tell that story. No, well. Is that I, the fentanyl story? I, don't know. <laughs> yeah, I hey, was fentanyl before fentanyl, fentanyl was cool. Mm -hmm. So, no, actually, I, I, I uh, my first love was always listening, <clears throat> listening to the radio. As a kid, I, I would, I was fascinated on how DJs could could uh, you know stop talking before the song would start yep. and all that those things and there was a famous disc jockey from my hometown his name is Terry Ingstead and he became more famous when he went national his name's Shadow Stevens right Oh, and, okay. And he's he, he's from Jamestown. Now, and how, how when did he start his career? He he started at age ten on a station called uh, uh, KSJB. And and the same station that he started on, and this would have been in in the in the ni late 1960s, right? Yeah. And so he and and he kind of blew up and ended up in in Los Angeles, a station called KMET. Yeah. And then he did a bunch of ads for a for an electronics company called Federated. So he's a Norsky from from Jamestown. From North Jamestown, Dakota. yep. Wow. And and related to the Ingstead families, it has a bunch of Tom and 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 um, Bob Ingstead had a bunch of radio stations and stuff. But his yeah. dad. Had a had a clothing store. Anyway, so so I remember listening to him when I was a little kid, and and so uh, flash forward to 1982. I was 14 years old, 1982, and I got my first job on the radio because somebody uh, ended up liking uh, me in a in a play that I was in. My voice changed early, and the station manager, and so I uh, liked that. It was like, wow, this is so cool, and I was 
I was talking talking to Tom about this. I work Sunday nights and I do the religious programs, Harvest Time, and the Hour of Hope, which uh, which ironically was only half an hour long. And uh, <laughs> Paul Harvey. And, Paul Harvey. <laughs> yeah. And, and so anyway, I worked at this, this is an AM station, AM 600, but there was an FM station too. So I worked on that, and, and that was my love. And that was so cool because I do play-by-play for basketball, and I played on the team, and, 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 I, and I just I really liked it and loved it a lot. But I also loved medicine because my, my mother taught nursing at, at Jamestown College. And so I went to, to school in Grand Forks and, along with my twin brother, and we both went on along the path. I got a degree in chemistry. He got a degree in, in biology, and I also got a major. And, and psych as well and, and just uh, one thing led to another we ended up uh, uh, applying to medical school we both got accepted at first time they'd had two students at the U- University of North Dakota go to school at the same time that were twins and so loved it a lot but uh, uh, after my second year I was listening and getting ready for the national board exam there's two parts to it yep. medical school is four years long the first two years are your what they call your uh, uh, basic sciences and stuff, and then the next two are your your your, your uh, you take the board exam, then you go out and do you know, clinical stuff, yeah, for another two years. And so I'm I'm studying, and I'm hearing somebody on a on a radio station that I worked on part time as a, a undergrad. I'm going, gosh, he's this guy's terrible, and I, I go, he should be doing this. I'm like, going, why am I? Focus on this one. I should be doing origin and insertions of of muscles on bones and things like that, and focusing on that. So I talked to my supervisor. And I said, "Why don't you just take a year off? Just take a year off and take a sabbatical for a year, and just you know decide this is really what you want to do." Do and, a medical rumspringer? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, and and so uh, I got crazy. No, and and I and I, I worked at a, a station in town. Uh, Chris Dahl owned it. Uh, the same guy I had at Radio Oz. And uh, it's called Magic Night Six, and I, 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 you know, I'm a pretty uh, faithful person. I said, God, if I'm ever going to make a career on this, there's no way I can live in North Dakota and make a career and have family and stuff like that. So I'd have to get a job. And a year to the day when I was going to decide to go back, I got offered a position at uh, at uh, in Phoenix at KKFR. And KFY, I, um, a bunch of different people came from there, and and so I took that as a sign that maybe that's what I was supposed to do. And so, 1990. One late 1991, I ended up uh, in Phoenix, and mm-hmm. and I worked uh, with a guy down there, Dave Ryan, Dave Kibler is his real name, and and uh, next thing you know, I, I got know a guy named Dave Ryan. <laughs> He's the same one. And, Dave uh, Killer is his real name. Kibler. Oh, Kibler. I think Kibler. He's Killer. K- Dave K- Killer. With Kib- you. Kibbles and bits, and and so oh, yeah, we, we kind of connected. With that name. Yeah, yeah. And I ended up uh, uh, getting a job at KDWB after Steve Cochran got fired with him. Back in in uh, 1993, after working in Phoenix for a couple of years, and and that's how I got on the air, and and how I never went back to medical school. Meanwhile, my brother ends up uh, finishing, and he's he gets his residency, and he's uh, well, very successful. We've been by his house on Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> Remember the night of the. You wine? mean his mansion yeah, on Lake Minnetonka? Night, yeah. Night of the wine. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the great things about radio is everyone who's been successful. In radio, has been successful on the corpse of their predecessor. Oh, there's no question about <laughs> it's a, that. It's just like you a, know. it's a, you know, it's a cruel sort of business. Really? Can we, well, I don't mind him talking about that because you know who uh, Shadow Stevens beat out for American Top Forty? Mm-hmm. Me. Oh, no. <laughs> wow! Been. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, we're the last two. It was between him and me. I, so I, I puke better than I, I have did, a KQ so history go. question for you three. Yep. Or, or Howard or anybody, uh, <laughs> but I think you guys will know. So 
What was the morning show before you guys started the morning show? Who was, what was the morning drive set up prior to 1980? You mean who six? was winning? No, no, in KQ. What oh, was at KQ. Oh, it was, it was classic rock, wasn't it? Or was it AOR album oriented rock at yeah, that time? Probably, but did yeah, they but have I a morning have no drive idea. show? No. They didn't? No, I don't think so. Well, there was no morning drive at all? Probably music no. intensive. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because back then, I mean, the big things were WLOL. And, and KDWB as far as like, and then KSNA5 had a, a bit of a, of a challenge, but I don't think, I don't think KQ was really uh, on, on the uh, So you guys didn't really replace yet. a previous no. No. Well, morning show own, regime. My old partner was doing mornings. Ooh. Zelanovich. Oh. Oh, that's right. He did, but he had left already by the right, time. Right, Because, uh. Stretch uh, and Z. It was, uh, Steve Shannon, Steve Nerdall. Okay. Uh, he was using the name. What the hell name was he using on KQ? Oh. Hamilton hired him. Okay. He was he was Steve Shannon on KSTP when I worked with him. But then it was oh Mark Seeger. Oh Seeger, name. of course, the He's legendary Mark. Mark Seeger. Yes, the oh that's <laughs> nice. Hey, I, I, that's not that's an anodyne word. Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. That's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Rod. Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant may i throw a sad part to this it happened just last night there was a special on about what happened to, who was the real goofy guy, the, the workout guy that was everywhere. Oh, like, Richard Simmons? Richard yeah, Simmons. Richard Simmons. Oh, yeah. Did he die? No. He oh. may as well no, have, He sort though. of disappeared yeah, for a he couple did. Of years. A 15 long years. time ago. The whole Where's Waldo thing, right? 2015, no, they don't see him, you don't see him anywhere anymore, and that's what the special was about. Yeah. What happened to Richard Simmons? And I'm looking up, they, 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 he just does not want to be seen in public anymore. 
But I'm looking up at the screen, and he's dancing with this guy, and he's facing the camera. The guy has his back to the camera. He's dancing around, and I'm going, God, that's kind of weird. That background looks familiar. And that's about... So they shift around, and he's dancing with donuts from KS95. Oh, <laughs> and it just made me sad because, you know, Michael Douglas is a really good guy. He's been dead now for, what, 10 years at least? Right, Napa Donuts, of course. Napa Real famous. Donuts, yeah, yeah. KS95. Yeah. But he's dancing there with Michael J. Douglas. I'm like, really? All right, more, more radio history for you three. So when did the... DJ nickname thing started. Is that from the 50s or okay. is that pre-D? Wolfman Jack did that. Yeah, oh, was yeah. So was Probably. he really the first? He never used your real name uh, for the most part. Remember what he said to me the first time I met him? He Stop walks stealing up my me. shit. That's exactly did what he, he really? said. Did he really? Stop stealing my shit. He walks up, Cat man, you're stealing my act, but that's all right. <laughs> so now you, you accuse me of propagating that myth. You, no, I did not. Yes, you did with the story I wrote in the Minneapolis Tribune. Lion sack. Yeah. You're still bitter. You can. You I am can very honest. bitter. There's no question. Yeah. Well, honestly, no. the person who uh, popularized pseudonyms was probably Mark Twain. Yeah, right. right. Samuel no, I, Clemens, I know that right? there have always been pseudonyms, but I mean, it, it, in, radio, in radio, it's a common well, I think, thing. I think I it mean, was like because writers. Eighty percent of the people in radio use. You know, I think that goes back. Buzz along. Jackson. Yeah. It's, oftentimes, it's 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 two first names like like yeah, Bill Lee, yeah. Dave Ryan. You know. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, J- Jane Alexander and and I always thought man, cat man. Well, cat yeah. and man. You know, you know, this is a little known, but Aristotle's real name was Charles Schwartz. It was. I remember that. Charles but he, he me. said it's never going to sell this. this no, it's yeah. true. It's never going to sell. Well, if you think about like it, that. an author is basically the predecessor to the radio host. Yeah. Because yeah. back yeah, before there true. was radio, if you wanted to entertain people but right. but in writing most people use their real name or ernest hemingway i mean yeah. it just goes on and on yeah because there's a lot of like uh, semi-pseudonyms where they would like, mary shelley i guess was a hey, pseudonym right nathaniel west mm-hmm. one nathaniel of my west, one of go. my favorites of all time was nathaniel weinstein there you go well why would he be your favorite uh, i don't know <laughs> weinstein why would you like that because of that upbeat uh Upbeat attitude that he had. Here, Jude. <laughs> well, there was also a lot of, like, they just We're go by their first two initials and then their last name yeah. kind of thing. T.S. Eliot. Yeah. Then at one time was a KDWB whose disc jockeys' names were all changed to uh, names of composers. I, I'm not sure about that. It was like, stretch. you know, it's, a, it's like, you know, Bill, Bill uh, Beethoven Swenson. <laughs> right. Wake up with Schubert in the morning. Schubert yeah. in the morning. There you have it. Well, uh, speaking of names, I think it's it's worthy of of uh, the the uh, generation or the or the uh, I should say the the genesis of your name, Tom, the Catman, because you uh, for for many years uh, worked, and then you had this position. I think you said you called them like 160 times at KSTP and 82 and, times. Okay, and they finally took Jim took, Chanel took your 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 call, and and he yeah. had he had an idea for what you were going to be called and. Which became the Catman. Can you share what what the what he said? Yeah, if it's okay with Doug, this no, is Carl Selling Secrets. He actually, he's the one who named me Catman. That was Jim Chanel. Mm-hmm. I called him eighty-two times. Hired me to do the Jesus tapes on Sunday morning. That's how my whole yeah. career got started. Which is yeah. how you started, right? It, it is, yeah. And Pat and I both did the same thing. There was a Polish hour, and I didn't know it was tails out. So I just put it back on. It was running backwards, but it sounded like Polish to me. I thought it was your Rodney imitation that got you on radio. 
Well, that, yeah, well, that was before I was in radio, though. You're right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, well, no, I, that was, I, I had been banished from radio. I was working at Capitol Records. Well, you, that, that helped get you a lot of spots, though, right? Okay, but we're yes. talking about early 70s, right? When you, when you, so, and, and but there's more to that story, oh, and I, so I yes, want you to tell it. it. It's yeah. true. So Jim Chanel finally hires me, and then he says, you know what? Why don't you try doing overnights? So I went from Jesus tapes to overnights, and then I did 10 to 2, and then when I started doing 10 to 2, he says, you can't use the name Tom Bernard. It's just too boring. It's a boring name. you got to have something better. I was thinking about this. I want you to call yourself the Catman. I said, well, because of Wolfman? He goes, no, no, it's got nothing to do with Wolfman. I want you to be called Catman, and I want you to use a slogan. And I said, oh, what oh, slogan do we want me to use? He said, every night I want you to introduce yourself. Hey, Catman. Looking for some pussy. Oh my God! I was like, oh, oh, no. I'm like, no. You're FCC. Well, what a sign off the there. final <laughs> episode of Walzer Automotive Group's car selling. Well, yeah, that, see, there you go. That, that's that's just a different name for pusillanimous, right? Well, Tom? Pusillanimous. Pussy is just yes. Pusillanimous. Did he really <laughs> want you to say that on the yes, air? Yes, he did. How long did his career wow. last? And this is at KSTP. Which, oh, the KSTP, which was pretty went from, renowned. Went from 13th to 2nd place right. in 92 this days. This wasn't like was a college revolutionary reading. Oh, yeah. Machine Gun Kelly was a huge reason for that. <laughs> Thanks to, to the Catman and, and, and Tom's slogan. There you go. <laughs> did you use that slogan on the air? No, I did oh, not okay. use that slogan on the air because my mother listened to the show. <laughs> yeah. He would have got a boot to the head from, from uh, Toots. Oh, yeah, Toots would have killed me. There's you no, know, it, it, it's amazing when you look back and think how much the society has changed. But, oh, God, yes. I mean, I, you would never even, nobody would even make a joke about that in this day and age. I know. I, don't think, I wanted to be buck naked, but nobody thought that was funny. <laughs> buck? <laughs> hey, Buck, how's it going? Everything's good with the naked family. I just, can I run something by you guys if we got a second? Yeah, here, let me check the time. Yeah, I think we're all right. We're 34 minutes. Catherine and I looked for something to watch the other night. This is when I got back from the hospital, sitting down there. With, and by the way, thank you again to people at 212 Medical Center because they could not have been not, huge listeners. They're huge listeners to the show, this show and uh, the KQ Morning Show. But I, I just, now I lost my Little train of thought. With tip, that. you don't want to call nurses huge. It's not good. Well, that's true. They're very... Avid. Avid listeners. There you yes, they're, very <laughs> they're avid listeners. No, I lost my train of thought. What the hell is that? Oh, <clears throat> so I went home, and Catherine goes, well, why, don't we, why don't we watch something? So we watched the first thing. We got about a half hour in, and I can't remember if that was Love Actually or the people I hate at weddings or I don't know. There, there was Love three Actually is a great Christmas. Maybe it was that. People I hate at weddings. So it wasn't that one. That must people have been I one of the HBO date night movies. Oh, God. So we're watching it. And then we watched this thing called White Lotus, oh. which is this huge Oh, hit. yeah. I love it, yeah. Yeah, uh, Ralph was talking about that, right? I have yeah. a question for you. Mm -hmm. In the first episode, a guy's sitting there, and full frontal, his balls are hanging out. He's got an oh, erect penis. Steve's on, yeah. And I'm like, what oh, in I didn't, the hell I, is that's episode. That's episode season one. one. Season one. Yeah. Steve Zahn from Minnesota, from Roseville. I couldn't believe this. Literally, they were showing his erect penis on camera for about ten seconds. Yeah, I didn't and know he's they could like do that. Stroking it a little bit. I'm like, what the hell is that now? I don't think it was completely. Uh, I, I hope that been, was CGI. It must not, have been uh, obscured somehow. I think, no, it was I think not. they just oh, wanted really. to start with the big shock and then go from there. Yes, but, so. yeah, maybe. But, but I didn't see season one, so I don't know. Season it's two was a little horrendous. more subtle. Season one's terrible. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah it's, it, I've I, had mixed I don't think either one of them is 
I, I watched them both. We just finished the second season. And oh, was, yeah, we're not good. I haven't seen any of them. I like right. season two. I, I don't get the jokes. I mean, they're I not wasn't funny. Crazy. Well, the thing about the jokes is they're they're mostly the way that Mike Wright White writes that stuff is that it's he builds up to it. So the the, the humor is mostly ironic. It builds on yeah. other things. Yeah, it's not none of it is what I, what I would call standalone humor. But you know he's he's written some great stuff. Yeah, there was one great joke that I really liked in season two. Now um, season two, it's both seasons take place in these high-end resorts. The season two happens to take place in Italy, almost entirely different cast other than Jennifer Coolidge. Mm-hmm. So Who is great, by the yeah, way. Yeah, she's tremendous. Michael Imperioli plays a, oh, I like a, I, a I producer, remember that. I like and him, he's yeah. on vacation with his father and oh, his son. Yeah, all okay. three of them. Okay. And dad's this pervy old 82-year-old dude. F. Murray Abraham. Always, yeah. Oh, I love him. Yeah, always he's fantastic. Yeah, from Amadeus. And, and yep. the three of them are outside, and they're just, and, and Grandpa starts going on about this and that and the other thing, and the <laughs> grandson says, you know, Grandpa, please, could you turn your ringer up a little bit? Uh, yeah, good Lord. I could I, hardly hear I, it. Yeah, honestly, I don't know if he could. I'm so, sorry please, about Grandpa, that. I, I, don't, I don't think it's appropriate for, you know, nobody wants to look at 80-year-old junk. <laughs> and the great Murray Abraham goes, it's a penis for crying out loud. It's not supposed to be good looking. It's not like it's a sunset. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a good line. Yeah, that is fun. a good line. And I was somewhat aroused. <laughs> is it, am I old-fashioned the fact that I'm really glad I wasn't sitting there watching it with uh, Andy's sister? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would have been a little uncomfortable did, watching did, that scene with my daughter. i got to be honest with you. Speaking of scenes like that, do you remember Boogie Nights with Mark oh, Wahlberg? Yeah. Oh, and God, he, yes. And yeah. he's got to, like, uh, at the end, he, yep. he shows his member, which but was a prosthetic, apparently. I guess so, because they always talked about it. But. This one, you didn't know it was coming. I heard it was prosthetic, but... Yeah, yeah. Probably back is. then, absolutely. But I'm not sure. I'm going to put that It'd under things I don't care about. Yeah, really. <laughs> my generation, uh, there's a few people listening I know that are about my age, was uh, the PG-13 Romeo and Juliet that they would show in schools, because, you know, every kid reads Romeo and Juliet. That's like standard... All right. High school reading. Yeah, but that was that back, movie, of course, when there was high school reading. That's just another story. Yeah. No, we don't do that anymore. We just in the 90s, phone. Uh, yeah, they came out with That's one. That's gender that, studies. That she was topless for, like, maybe three frames. But those three frames were a big deal. Burned in your yeah. memory, were they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we, start, we started well, It didn't re- help that the teachers made such a big deal about it. Yeah. It happened, and they started going, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. It's like, well, now it's memorable. Yeah. We've started rewatching Cheers. Started the I very love first that show. I, I forgot how good show. it was. I've never well, watched the, the whole coach, show. The coach was coach brilliant. Was, he yes. was great, and, and he died after the first great. season. His best line ever. Remember, he had, you had to walk down a flight of stairs once you got in the door. Right. So he was the bartender, and it was at a horseshoe bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the big guy's name? They always had oh, Norm. 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 Yep, and Cliff Clavin was the, the, yeah, the postman. postman yeah. Yeah. yeah, Cliff Clavin was the postman. Hey, but it's anyway. a little known fact there, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> what was the bartender's first name? Uh, Sam was, Malone. No, no, no. I'm talking about the older guy. Oh. Ernie uh, uh, oh, yeah. Pantuso? It was an, it, yeah, it that's was. the coach. Coach, yeah. yeah. So it yeah. was coach. Oh. Okay, so apparently somebody was pissed off at the big guy. What the hell is his name again? You just Norm. Said? Norm. Norm. Yeah, Norm was yeah, the, I think and that's, we found that's something Wentz. for you to watch over the uh, <laughs> I'm holiday to, I'm going to have to watch it again. You can catch it on MeTV. So you come in, there's the front door, you have to walk down this, this flight of stairs. You have the front of the bar, then the bartender, and then the back of the bar, and that's where Norm always has at the back of the bar. Right, yep. 
Guy comes and he's standing up on the stair where he goes, you SOB, I hate your guts. I'm never talking to you again. You, God, you're just the worst person. And he just went on and on and on. Turns around, he goes out. And Norm goes, boy, I guess he was upset with me. And Coach goes, God, I thought he was talking to me. <laughs> Which, his delivery was his delivery, brilliant. The timing uh, was great. Was brilliant. And sadly, did he die after the first season? He died after the first season, yeah, and they're replaced yeah. by Woody Harrelson, and, and that's how Woody it, got his career. Yep. That's right. Woody really, yeah. that, that launched his career, and it was this. it was the same jokes just told yeah. by a 20-year-old right. farm kid from the Midwest yep. versus a... Uh, Somewhat addled uh, former what, major league baseball. What he got better, coach. you know, in his career. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, he, he wasn't absolutely. great. He's had show. some bad roles, I would say. Well, it's because he was so uh, high. What was uh, yeah, always coach's on. first big line in a movie? Mm-hmm. Movie. Raging oh. Bull. Oh. Coach was uh, watching it as a mafia guy. The mo- remember the mafia? Yeah. And the guy <laughs> just gets boom right in the face. And Coach goes, he ain't pretty no more. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nicholas Colasanto. I think he might have been, exactly been Italian. I loved him. But anyway, watch that. It, it was, I Cheers forgot was, how good it was. I love that show. Shelly Long is fabulous. She, she, she was so great, funny. as was Kirstie Alley, who yeah. replaced her and just oh, died last right. week. Oh, yeah. yeah, she just died, too. Yeah. 70, 70 years old, 71. How many, Norm, is Norm still alive? I don't think so. Yeah, oh, I think he is. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. They'll what's, do some ads. I feel name? like half the people on Cheers are dead, at least. Well, half the no. half the viewers are dead. So. I mean, let's let's That's get true. more depressed, shall we? That's what I'm here Merry for. Christmas. George Went, yeah, he's still alive. George Went, yeah. yeah, yeah. Good guy, really nice man, actually. Yeah, because that was 40 years ago. I think it started Jesus, in 81. Really? That was a long. That was before I was born. Yeah. And, yeah. and the best part of Cheers oh. was the last episode because they had their finale and then they did it live and then they had a, a party with uh, the, the the start of the Jay Leno show because that's when Jay took over for Johnny Carson. Oh, that's right. And yeah. everybody was drunk at that live right. broadcast yes. Yes. and yes. it was yes. just a it was a, a broadcast abortion. It was terrible. It's but the but, it, show. but it but <clears throat> it but it was funny to watch because everyone was getting drunk and Jay, and, and Jay lost all control uh, of trying to t- and go, gosh, this is my first show after taking over for Johnny after he retired and <laughs> the whole thing with him and David Letterman and ruined it. And, and so, but but then uh, then they had uh, a nice sequel with uh, with with uh, uh, I I'm, uh, I forget the the guy who played the psychologist. Uh, oh, Frazier. Oh, Frazier. Frazier. Frazier, Frazier, yeah. Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey uh-huh. Grammer, yeah. So, so I guess it didn't die after that. I always liked him too. Yeah. Great that last writing. Show of Cheers. The alcohol was real. It's the only show they really? drank real really? booze. Really? When they huh. did the last show, they were all drinking real alcohol. Whoops. <laughs> the amount Norm drank hey. on this show, he probably had to go home and run yeah. 10 miles a day. A week from tomorrow on the KQ Morning Show, my last show. <laughs> you sons of a bitch. I never like you. You'll jump, I'll tell you something else. You'll jump off the wagon just for that. Yeah. Uh, After 10 years, I'll get back on. Yeah, let me tell you, I was drinking on the way into the show this morning and. Tom, I, I never liked you. I, never liked you. <laughs> no, I, I got I, to watch it. That brings up a question, and a lot of people have been asking me this, and I just forgot about it until now. Are you going to do the last show on Elm Street, or are you going to do it from here? Well, I'm not going anywhere near Elm okay. Street. <laughs> because there's a nightmare there, apparently, I understand. I think, I think, I think that's just, a definitive yes, a answer. On Elm Street. No, it's just I made it very clear. I yeah. don't like them, and they don't like me. It so you're avoiding nightmare on Elm Street. I am indeed. There's no question. Well, I've been in that building in, God, months and months and months. 
I haven't worked in that. Can I pick up your mail and years. bring it to you? Because I see. Uh, I don't need any mail. You got a couple yeah. things there. So. Oh, do I? Yeah. Is that an apple or something? I, I think you got some Christmas cards from somebody. I just oh, have to that's very notice, sweet. Yeah. So another question for you, professional. So as a outsider, I've been on that show maybe four or five times live in the studio and the mm. layout seems really bizarre so th- those is. that have never been there it there's is, a yeah. big central studio with a kind of a oblong table like this that would seat six or seven studio people. b and then mm-hmm. you've B-O-A, got yeah. all these satellite there's like three or four satellite they almost look like recording studio control booths because they're really thick glass yep. probably soundproof and you really can't you know, there's people behind you, and it's just, is that normal? No, it's not normal. Most mo- most radio shows, you're all in the same room like, like we are right now. Okay. Most, yeah. most of the people who had their own studio simply just couldn't mix with anyone else on the show. Well, I understand keeping Lastman away from normal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lastman, he's doing well in St. Cloud, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's doing really good at uh, Rockin' 101. Rockin' 101? Uh, so so I, was, I was confused when I first went there, too, because... I, I used to be, uh, for 10 years, uh, the, one of the co-hosts of the KDWB morning show with Dave Ryan and then Lee Valsvik, and then we yeah. had another gal by the name of Andrew show? Taylor. Exactly. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, a- anyways, uh, yeah, they have the big the big room with all the where, where Mike would be at, Stretch would be at, and Philip Wise would be there. And, 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 and Sanny and... Sanzevere and... And, 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 and Passel. Jeff Passel, of course, in, yeah. and then and then there was one room for for sound effects, and that's where Brian Zepp would be because that's he had like, it's called the 360. He would do yeah. all that, and then Terry Train had had a, a studio where she would just do her stuff, yeah. and because yeah. she I think she got lost with the traffic or something and needed her own room, and then and then there was the control room, which was uh, usually either. Bryce or Justin or whoever end up being the uh, assistant, and then there was one other studio that yep. was just for phone calls, and that's that's where where like Justin would do the phone calls. And so uh, to me, it was like this is a huge luxury. All these studios for one show. When I found out how successful it was, it's like oh. And then I remember this is so embarrassing. I had been there for a month before I, I I'm like. I said to Dave Hamilton, I said, I said, you know, I keep on wanting to, to say hi to Tom Bernard because I, I met him and, and, and we have, you know, a connection from North Dakota and stuff. And, and I seems like I miss him every day. And he's like, <laughs> are you kidding me? He's doing it from his from his wine cellar in his home in, in, in Golden Valley. I go, what? True. So I me having been a radio my whole life didn't know that you weren't there. Because uh, it was it was just never talked about. I, I had a standard line. People, I'd see people somewhere and say, "Yeah, you know, Tommy's a good friend of mine. Say hi to Tommy for me." And I'd say, "Well, maybe you should say hi to Tommy for me." <laughs> yeah, there you go. So I have another. I'm, I'm glad you guys are all here. This is kind of fun. So, I, I when you mentioned Passholt, I remember twice when I was on and Jeff was sitting right next to me. Every break, he'd take his headphones off and then just tell me the dirtiest jokes oh, yeah. ever. Oh, was yeah. that was that normal? Yeah. It's either that or he's on Pornhub. So. Oh well. <laughs> and that's and, full reveal. And he wouldn't have a problem with me well, sharing that. No, but, I'm uh, sure not. There were let's just say there were times. In Jeff's life, when uh, he was somewhat repressed, doing every so. newscast, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was a great outlet because he really got to show his personality on on the KQ Morning Show. It was like, yeah, and and, and so few people in news have a. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, a, a, a great personality because they're so yeah. used to, to reading teleprompters and stuff. But Jeff was certainly an exception. I'd say Mark Rosen is probably another. Yeah. But Rose for the most part, guy. most of the guys in TV are yeah. terrible Shelby. when it comes to being extemporaneous, <laughs> like what we're doing right now. All I ever hear from people is they walk up to me and go, how's Don Shelby doing? I said, he's doing really, really well. Thanks for asking. I, I think the world of him. 
Does he say the F-bomb as much as he did on your show? <laughs> <laughs> he went yes. out of his oh, way. Well, it was a new toy. It yeah, was right. a new toy. He couldn't it say was. it for 40 years or however long <laughs> it was. And he caught up in about a week. <laughs> he did. He did, man. Woo. Just bring up Pat Miles' name and he'll start swearing. Oh, I love Pat Miles. God, Pat lost her husband he, again. She's oh, had, yeah. she's had a uh, tough road to hoe. Black home. Widow. The, oh, she is kind of the Black Widow. I always loved her, though. She's just a very sweet person. Yeah, she was. Well, I remember is, Shelby I told say. me a story, and I can't. I think it was Stan Turner. Yeah, Stan Turner. Um, and they were talking about uh, Stan was on the air talking about Passover, and oh god, uh, there was a young blonde. If anyone would know, young, yeah, young blonde co-host uh, co said, uh, and it starts with the Seder, and the head of the household uh, blows the chauffeur. <laughs> oh, Stan yeah. Turner looks at the camera and goes. They sure know how to treat the help. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a good line. I wonder how many blow the chauffeur jokes I've oh, heard. Oh, I yeah. a couple. There's got to be a million. See, but. that's that's Jews do have a sense of yeah. humor, you know. What? I've never seen a Jewish comedian. Well, that's because they're so bitter it probably just turns you off. <laughs> I miss Don Rickles. That's all I have to say. Oh, I love Don. So, so who who was responsible for was Bud Kraling responsible for that joke or? I, was, I have no <laughs> idea. Just wanted to say that name. Well, I used to see Bud occasionally going into Shinders, and so you know they all everybody has a like a, a second life when they're yeah, on TV. Yeah, yeah. They right. Bud was a great guy. Bud was a very nice man. Yeah, yeah he was. But well, he, most of the people were over there. Were Oh yeah, that I mean, that was a that was a nice atmosphere there. Dave Moore, you couldn't ask for a nicer oh, man. God, what a great guy! You know and and talented. Him? You know how I met Dave Moore? Hmm. He walked up to me on the street once. He goes, I he shakes Tom on Dave Moore. He shakes my hand. He goes, I got to tell you what an honor it is to meet you. I'm like, Are you kidding me? You're <laughs> yeah. God to me. I mean, I was, as a little kid, Dave Moore. And Dave Moore is one of the best news anchors of all time. Yeah, if you didn't grow up, he's WCCO's legendary yes. news anchor. Legendary. I mean, oh, yeah. be, before before the the. The major families, you know, uh, yeah. Ron, and, Ron and, and Paul Major. Paul it was Majors, Dave yeah. Moore. Yeah, and people would people would move here, you know, from Chicago and New York, and they'd say, "Well, what what is it with this Dave Moore guy?" You know, you, you kind of just had to grow up here to understand how Probably good true. he was. You know, he was offered the CBS anchor job, hmm. and he turned it down. In New York, wow! Yeah. In New York, he said, "I don't want to do that." Great personality. Oh, I loved him. Mm-hmm. He was and, just a great guy. And he was, he was good on the air, but a couple hours later in Jimmy Heggs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's when he was at his best. Uh, he absolutely <laughs> The jokes would be a fly, and I will tell you that. No, Dave Moore, I love that man. He was just, God, what an honor it was to meet him. Yeah. I wonder what he was driving, since this is uh, Car Selling Secrets. <laughs> car Selling Secrets. You haven't talked about cars in over an hour, Pat. I think, <laughs> I think Pat... Uh, People used to pick him up from work, if you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I understand. He had liquid lunches then. What was her name again? What was his wife's name again? I can't remember her name. Oh, God, she I was can't not a fan of mine, I guarantee you she that. She wasn't a fan of mine either. No, so. she didn't like Dave's friends. No, I don't. Oh, gee, I, really? A, a, I don't a wife who doesn't like their, their husband's friends? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kept him in the bar, that's why. Like, well, Bring court, that guy home. Court bar, baby. There may have Another been other one. reasons, too. But. Jimmy Hague's court bar, all of those. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I used to see him at Hague's mostly, but I didn't really yeah. make the, the scene. But, yeah. but he, you know, if, you, if, you, if you'd listen to him, he would tell you he was mostly at Mousy's, but... I don't well, think I that used was to true. love his Mousy's his references. Mousy's jokes were great. I was over at Mousy's. <laughs> no, you weren't, you liar. We used to play. We, the, the, the Minneapolis Tribune softball team would play the WCCO team. Oh, sure. And yeah. somebody who had a really cruel sense of humor decided we should have the games on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. 
and Dave would show up. Dave was the pitcher, and he'd show right, up, yeah, he was and he'd say, "Well, guys, I gotta go warm up the old soup bone." <laughs> <laughs> you knew he'd had a rough night. Oh yeah, he went after it, so, no question. What, what, was uh, Sid Hartman ever on the uh, the Star Tribune team, or was he just sitting on the, the sideline being curmudgeon-y? Well. I would have liked to have seen, uh, you know, Sid playing softball. I'd well, like to I'd like to see that that's that side of him. Maybe a shortstop. Mostly, <laughs> Sid was going around telling everybody I was about to interview not to talk to me. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> right. Sid used to love doing that to you. Oh God, yes. There's no question. I'm, I'm about really it. proud of the fact that he hated me that much. I just love that story over at the M Club. What he did sitting at my table, got there late, of course. <laughs> okay. Very quickly. Yeah. So yeah. I said. Brard, watch head over there. Keep a chair open right next to you. I'll be late, but don't worry about it. I'll get there. So Sid shows up about 15 minutes late. They're right in the middle of doing their speech. M Club used to be on the second floor at Jack's Bar. Oh, over I remember, yeah. Okay. It used to be over there. I don't know if it still is or not. but So I'm sitting there, and Sid rushes in. He sits down <laughs> in his chair. He pulls the bowl over. He starts eating this tomato soup. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he goes, <clears throat> Bernard, let me ask you a question. I said, yeah, once. And he goes, the soup is really sweet. I said, that's because it's salad dressing. <laughs> <laughs> French salad dressing? Of, he was eating a bowl of salad dressing. Like, oh, my really? God. Okay. And we are back with Stretch's picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common sense way to sell your home. Visit shift2sell.com because life is expensive enough. I used to, when the when the baseball season was over, I, I, I would be the night editor. Oh, yeah. And Sid would come in, like, uh, he would always come in on Sundays. I, my, I would write a column for the Sunday paper. Mm-hmm. And I probably heard him say, as he walked through the door, I probably heard him say at least 50 times, Yelfan, you went too far this time. Too far this time. Oh, yeah, you always went too far for Sydney. Because you were giving a hard time to my good friend Tommy Kramer. My good friend. Everybody was his good friend, right? Everybody was his good friend. Everybody was if they were a horrible person. Okay. Ted Williams? My good friend Teddy Williams. Frank Robinson. Frank Robinson. It goes on and on. That is true. That oh, yeah. is absolutely true, well, I, no question. I got, I got assigned. My good one. friend Mussolini. Yeah. <laughs> the time I got assigned to do a, a future, what we call a day, a, a day game story, 
Um, and uh, because Indiana was in town with Bobby Knight, who was, of course, Sid's close personal friend. <laughs> right, right, so absolutely. I got assigned to do an advanced story about all the kids who had been recruited by Indiana but either didn't show up or were there for one day and left. Really? Yeah. So, of course, Sid, of course, got word of it that I was going to be writing the story. Oh, God. And God forbid it be something negative about Bobby Knight. Well, he, well, he knew there would be something negative. I mean, it wasn't really. It was mostly. It wasn't that that negative for me, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was it's your normal hatchet job. <laughs> that, was, that was a story I did where I talked I to that. I talked to the kid from French Lick, who oh, was yeah. who was on campus for about four days. Yep. And uh, he said, oh, "I got nothing against Bobby Knight." I said, I, I, "He says it's just too it's too big a town for me." To Bloomington, I mean, it's just it's, it's a big city. <laughs> I never knew it was Bloomington, a big city. Indiana. Yep. So naturally. But Sid doesn't say anything. He would never say anything to me. So that Sunday, or that day, he had, like, the biggest column I've ever seen. It was, it was like, you know, 5,000 words. You know how Sid would do all the little jottings? That's the entire paper today. Well, yeah, you know, yeah well, it is today. You're St. Right. Paul paper yeah. would be two editions. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, so Sid, Sid writes this huge column, and, but there's no jottings. There's no little tiny stories. Really? The entire column is devoted to the charity of Bobby Knight <laughs> and all the, all the things he does that no one is no one knows about. Well, Sid knew about it, of course. Yes. You know, but yes, he you know he gave his entire his entire paycheck last year went to the uh, Multiple Sclerosis Foundation, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> Obviously, trying trying to uh, <laughs> diminish your uh, negative piece of about yeah. Len Bias not wanting to play for Indiana. Sid walks in, and I said, "Sid, I, I uh, got up today, I think it was and I Larry felt this." Bird. Larry Bird, actually, Pro- yeah. probably okay. <laughs> Len Bias did not grow up in French like Indiana. <laughs> no, also, didn't live more than one day no. after the NBA draft. Uh, oh, yeah, high was... in the drugs there. So Sid, Sid walked in that day, and I said. Sid, you know, I, oh, I'm glad I read your column today because when I woke up, I had this terrible stabbing sensation in my back. <laughs> I didn't know what it was until I read your column. <laughs> you son of a bitch. God, I used to spend so much time with Sid over at the Lincoln Dell on Highway yeah. 12 when oh, it used to be sure. Highway 12, not 394. But And he would, Bernard, what are you talk, why do you start talking like that? <laughs> you know, he didn't want me to say anything negative about anybody ever. Which mm-hmm. the Vikings still hold against me. There have been some big wing ding over by the Mall of America or something, and Passels flying into town for it. Oh, this weekend? I think so. Oh, I think okay. it's this weekend. Just oh, in really? time to watch him lose uh, to, on Saturday? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> That's a possibility. But I just, everybody said, God, I'm surprised you. I said, You're surprised I wasn't invited? <laughs> I actually went on the air and said, I didn't think Bud Grant was that good a coach. No. You ain't getting invited to Ooh, anything. Boy. You're lucky. I think i got to go. However, you won over <laughs> Phil for a lifetime. Oh, yeah. You know what? I got a call from Philip Wise three yeah. days ago. I got to call him back. I was going to call him back. Then I got this bleeding thing. Well, mm-hmm. I haven't talked to him for three years. For months. It had anyway, been three years since I he's, talked He's had some challenges, but he's doing better now. Oh, yeah? Well, yeah. plus everybody told him a bunch of lies about you know why why he left the station. I, of course, yes, yeah. Uh, it was all your fault, but uh, oh, he no, knows. I fired him. He, like, he, which is he, a well, he knows that's not the truth now. Well, now he knows, but he didn't before. Yeah, I will tell you that. But it was really nice talking to him. But Philip, if you're listening, I'm going to call you. Uh, matter of fact, I'll call you when I get home. Well, gotta, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. You got to get Philip over here one of these days. Let me just tell you something about Philip Wise. I'm still pissed off at him because you know <laughs> Theater Worth of the how hilly that gets over there, the Theater Worth Boulevard. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. 
Philip and I went out for a run one day. This is about 50 years ago. He's still playing with the Vikings. I was like 21 years old or some damn thing. And we start running, and I'm running at a pretty good pace for me and all the rest of it. And all of a sudden, he turns around and starts running backwards. I wasn't <laughs> running fast enough. You think he, he ran backwards. He's making whole, a statement. Throwing it in was, your face. Yes. I thought you were going to say he just gave you a forearm shiver. <laughs> that, that <laughs> That's what Joe yeah. Sensor did to me in a charity basketball game. <laughs> did he really? He just lowered his shoulder, and I was I was running up the court, and he you know he basically just blew me right into the bleachers. What? I didn't know Joe would ever do something like that. I was a very I, pleasant I didn't man. Even, well, I think he thought it was funny. Well, since, oh, okay. since, since we're talking about Vikings stories uh, uh, and players that have abused uh, DJs, I got a bloody nose from Chuck Foreman one time. Oh, I love Chuck. And I grew up loving number 44. Yeah. I tell this story every oh, once yeah. in a while. But uh, when I first came to town, remember the, the big uh, sumo wrestling suits they used to have at bars? Oh, God, yeah. yes. America's original sports yep. bar, America Live at the Mall of America. They, they said, we need a, a, a it's, it's, it's a charity thing for celebrities. And, and, and I'm like, well, I'm a DJ. I'm not really a celebrity, but what the hell? And so I showed up, and Terry Train was the uh, the referee, and we're, and they had a dance floor that looked like a, a boxing ring. And we put on these these uh, sumo suits, and I had had uh, uh, access to one when I was in Phoenix when I was working on the, the radio down there with Dave Ryan. And so I kind of knew how to get around those things. And I was playing for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society because my dad uh, was dying leuke- leukemia at the time. And Chuck was, I think his selling insurance was, was playing for uh, some other uh, personal charity that he had. Anyway, so I'm beating him. And, 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 and he didn't like it. And it was like... Uh, it was like three three different, if you fell down three times and you're done. So I, I pushed him, he fell down twice. Third time, came up to me and he's like, he says, come here. And he, and, and he cold cocked me right in the nose and he gave me did? a huge bloody nose. And I'm, I'm like, I'm like, this is the guy that was one, my hero growing <laughs> up, you know? I never heard something. I'm like, Chuck, Chuck I, I, what the hell? And he goes, he goes, you don't understand what it means to be a, a, a warrior. And, and you, you can't, I'm not going to get my ass beat by some <laughs> pussy DJ like you from, from a top 40 station. And I'm like, Chuck. I go what? And and uh, he goes, you're you got to be a warrior if you're going to beat me. And so so they called the uh, the the match. So he he didn't lose, but he didn't win either. I and 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 that was my my introduction to Chuck Foreman. And and they always say, be careful when you meet your your heroes because oftentimes you get disappointed. And that right. that was one. But that I met Doug Springfall anyway. My exactly. <laughs> and well, he, there has he to be an exception to disappoint. Yeah, too, right? That's exactly yeah. right. So did you uh, did you humiliate him by giving him your spin move? <laughs> Ooh, moved. No, I but I did talk about him on the radio the next day, mm-hmm. and he was pretty mad. But I mean, everything I said just now and then was well, true. What What you learned is a, a very old adage there that you never want to see your laws or your sausages being made because you <laughs> yeah. are going to be yeah. disappointed. Although I, you know, I got to see uh, Joe Cap get beat up in my backyard. Oh, no really? Kidding. Oh, yeah. that's right. You you yeah. told me that. Story, I told you a story. Man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. You know, it wasn't by me, by the way, okay. Joe or any member him. of my family. There's video of him beating a guy up on stage. Remember that? Joe Cap? Cane. I vaguely Joe. remember that. And yes, I do Canada. remember. Yes. He, Joe walks on stage with a cane and walks around and starts punching this guy. He's a warrior. Now, was Whoa. he the original quarterback for the Vikings? No. Uh, not the original, but he was the first one who went to the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was good. He was, yeah. uh, well, and he was, he was celebrated because of his, um, what, would you, what would you call it, the moxie... Yes. The you know I probably should use a Yiddish word. Inability but. to throw a spiral. No, but that was that was part of the legacy. That was yeah, part of true. the myth and the man. You're right. He was not a. Uh, he was not really. You looked at him, 
And you'd say, well, this guy's never going to make it. But, you know, he had that, okay, I'm going to go Yiddish. I have to. Okay. He had the chutzpah. He had chutzpah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Uh, does does, does um, our uh, current quarterback have that chutzpah, do you think? No. Kirk Cousins, no. <laughs> he was kind of like the opposite. Okay. You know, that might have been the worst football game I have ever seen last weekend. The Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings. He looked horrible, but the whole team looked horrible. Well, right. The guy throws for 400 yards and they can't 400 win. 400 yards, it's not horrible. What about the Cowboys game? Uh, oh, that's another bar. That's burner. a tough one. Well, the Vikings are, what, 10-3? and three? Yep. Yeah. And they've been outscored by their opponents by how many How many points? Like a lot. It's Yeah, it's no longer just one or two, yeah. 10-3, and three, and they have, they're getting their ass kicked on the <laughs> Scoreboard. Which tells you something, I think, and that is that when things go poorly for them, yeah. they don't bounce right back. No, they do not. Yeah. <coughs> and well, that's, that's what's going to be the end of their season. Now, who do yep. they play Saturday? They, they play, um, oh gosh, Saturday. the Colts? The Colts, yes. Yeah, yeah they're four point the favorites. Yeah. The I can Colts remember the Saturday spread. Afternoon. I just can't remember who they're playing. The Colts are the favorite. Um, no, Colt, the Vikings are favored by Oh, are four. they really? Well, the Colts have had a rough season. Yeah, that's true. And they got yeah. a lot of injuries. But the Lions were favored. They were favored by two, yeah. <laughs> well, I know, I and guess I, I thought, know what they were talking I thought about. that's crazy. But I did, too. You know what? One thing I learned, maybe the only thing I've learned about handicapping football games is don't mock the point spread. Oh, you got that right. That's an interesting thing to say. Yeah. Well, let's not forget the Vikings always snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Yes, they do. And, and, and mm-hmm. I, I sort of, after Brett Favre and that New Orleans game, I kind of given up on them. Yep. You guys are the worst fans in the world. So answer this question for me. I wonder what he room. drives. Before the first game of the season, would you have predicted at this point they'd be 10-3? and three? Everybody no way. Everybody raise no, your hand. No, okay. no Absolutely not. Thank you. That yeah. is very, very true. But, but the, you know, let's be honest. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna end up uh, screwing it up somehow. If there's somehow that they can screw it up, they'll screw well, it. Well, they won't have any trouble screwing it up ultimately because if they were really good enough, they'd have to play Philadelphia. Oh mm. God! And they ain't gonna beat Philadelphia. No, they are not. Yeah. I'll well. tell you something. 1977. Mm-hmm. That was when Bud did it for me finally. That final Super Bowl. Ugh. He gives the ball to Brent McClenahan, not Chuck Foreman. What are you thinking? Oh, my goodness. You have Chuck Foreman at the two-yard line, and you give the ball to Brent McClanahan, who fumbled, by the way. Uh, I harken back to when, when Denny Green had uh, Cunningham take the knee at the half in 98. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That one was yeah. uh, NFL, broke my heart. NFL coaches are, even, even the ones who do well, are notoriously successful when it comes to beating themselves. Yeah, they are. You know, it's even the, you know, now Belichick never did that. No, not a lot anyway. No, not a lot. No, maybe now these days occasionally. But not, a, not a very good team. What but did Bill Belichick drive? Does anybody know? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was, was it Walzer plates on it. Was it, it, was right. it Walzer uh, Toyota? I'm sure. Belichick probably. Well, it depends now if he's out with his with his 28 year old girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Then it's probably something really smooth. Well, she must love a big personality, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so then he would have went to Cool Cars on Walzer.com. All and- right. <laughs> you the, oh, you didn't hear the story. So you, we were talking about Cool Cars last Friday. Uh-huh. Done regular kind of course of doing business, and I happened to mention, yeah, there's even this 86 Pontiac Fiero on there. That's, that's kind of unusual. It's even yeah. a nice one. Well, two days later, I get a text message from Ray Eric. Hey, picking up a cool car from Walzer Polar Mazda, and he bought the Fiero. Wow. Oh, did he? Yeah. I like Ray. Ray's yeah, a he's, a, he's a good dude. Do you realize that if this show is successful enough, 
eventually everyone will be telling the story about their last car. <laughs> Probably true. Yeah. Probably true. I mean, yes. I can do it now, but... Well, yeah, it's what, 30 years now? Well, uh, 24 years. 24 years, okay. Yeah. You've had a car for 24 years? It's my Camry. It's got 160,000 miles on it. Oh, my gosh. Phenomenal. I don't That's, drive much. by the much. way, five miles at a time. <laughs> right. That's wow. the other part It's of pretty that. much mandated by the Department of Motor Vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> so, I am no longer have to say. So I Wichita understand. has the Lexus dealership, right? Is that Yes. Okay. So, and, and Toyota, let's face it, those guys know how to make cars that last forever. I just mm-hmm. passed 376,000 miles on my, my Lexus RX 350. Uh, wow. That you can find out about it at, 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 in Wichita at the Walzer dealership there, and I and it still is great. I can't believe it, and lots of highway miles, but uh, yeah, it's still going. It's a 20, uh, 2011. So there is an automotive secret. Mm-hmm. The kind of driving that you do, especially in the winter, is really hard on cars. Yeah. Long distance. So, driving? No, short no, distance. Short, short distance. distance. Yeah, oh. because That's the all oil I do. never the oil never gets. Oh, operating yeah. temperature. Yeah, that's true. You get a lot of condensation in the in the exhaust systems. Yeah. It causes mufflers to rot out. Oh, it's I had a car. Really, really bad. I've, I've car. had cars die in my garage. You're yeah, not supposed I, to die in your garage. <laughs> my uh, Jeep Compass. I think I had it for like what four years, and it had five thousand miles on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Because you bought that when you were living downtown. Yeah, yeah. I never it's used a it. Block I and a half took walk the to bus the studio. Uh, or Uber. I just walked. Okay. Walk to work, walk to the you grocery store. Wouldn't be doing that anymore, walking to work in that neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. Well, oh, no, God, no. Not, not in the wintertime. Did you see this This poor woman lives in a gated community in Buckhead, which is a very oh. upscale community. Oh, yeah. That's North like part the of Atlanta. version of, of Atlanta, right? Yeah. Well, this is a gated community. Yep. Some hoodlum climbs over the fence, goes in the stealer car. She comes out. He stabs her to death in her own garage. Mm-hmm. You're in Buckhead in a gated community in your own garage, and you still get killed. And the city of Atlanta won't let them incorporate to be their own town. No, they won't. Be- and That's because so they don't cool. have enough police police officers yep. in, unfortunately. That's well, that, you know, the thing about Atlanta is that their population is so small anyway, which it really is, you know. I didn't know that. The metropolitan area is huge. Yeah, it is, But yeah. the city can't afford to lose to lose anybody who's wealthy, especially. No, that, that well, so Minneapolis true. is in the same spot, really. Mm-hmm. Well, All right, it's yeah. afternoon, man. Well, uh, Howard, you've been strangely quiet for a little <laughs> while. Um, do you oh, have any me. questions for Tom or the rest of the morning? Any tire talk? No, just uh, con- congratulations on uh, all you've done for KQ and enjoyed listening to you for you tell the management all these they're years. Not, they're not aware of that. <laughs> you think they'd listen to us? No. Oh, they're aware of that. <laughs> they don't they're listen aware of that. to you. They're going to listen to us. Are they going to do that thing that they did with Cannon, like they, you know, Treated him badly, but for 10 years, they basically uh, monetized his departure. Yeah, well, it's 10 years for me. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So yeah. everybody together in concert will say, I got the money. With <laughs> Tom. Hey, Morgan. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that on Friday, a week from tomorrow. Boychick. Hey, hey Boychick, how you doing? Uh, Let me tell you something, steve Morgan Mundane. Yeah, Morgan Mundane. Back, backlash LaRue. I don't think they're doing Backlash LaRue anymore. <laughs> I'm almost certain. There might be some Backlash LaRue. Yeah, there might be Backlash LaRue for Backlash LaRue. How, how about a little preview? Do you know what, what's the last thing you're going to say on, on KQRS when you... F off. <laughs> well, because you can't say the F off. I never on the radio. thought you'd give that answer. No, exactly. And now a list 
list of every swear word. <laughs> but you know what that would do? That would absolutely make it impossible for me to ever return to radio. Because yeah. you cannot say that word on the radio. No, they don't well, like that. I've heard name, it before. Uh, you know, Mood Setter. Arnetta. 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 Oh, she, then you should just play that. Arnetta the Mood Setter. You know, I quit this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what else is going to keep your favor going back to radio? What? Well, I would say, uh, actually, there's two things. <laughs> Maybe there's... Uh, I'll tell you one, the real reason. Yeah. But go ahead. I was going to say uh, serenity and talent. That's going to be a problem. Yeah. It's going to be a problem. You know the other big problem? Hmm. Income. Yeah. They, they're not big on paying people money All those things are in short supply. Serenity, yes, talent, and... and uh, yeah. So I, this is a big day for consolidation me. Consolidation. This it. is the day that Tom Bernard complained to me about how little money he's making. That's not what I said. <laughs> no, the but problem is... I'm just going back to the beginning of the show. Oh, the beginning of the... Yes, when I used there. to harass you. Which all you... That's all you've ever Tom, done for, Tom hated for 40 that. years. I remember I have to I have to say this because I I can say it once again that Tom and I used to go to the same bank yes and I I said uh, Tom you you must have been in before me today making a withdrawal he'd say what do you mean I'd say well they're flying the flag at half mast <laughs> <laughs> laugh it up pal no, I literally no have been told by a lot of different people in management and radio around because I, I talked to people in Boston a couple places in New York all the rest of it mm. They don't want to pay anybody anymore. No, radio. they will not pay well, that's, anybody any money anymore. That's that's the whole. That's the business model. It is. You yeah. you make the, you make everything shitty, and then you don't have to pay much. Well, it's skeleton crew at this point, basically. It is, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it all harkens back to 1996 and the Federal Communications Act yep. that mm-hmm. consolidated radio. So you you basically got rid of all your competition. So you couldn't walk across the street to somebody else because across the street was actually the same the same, yeah, same, same owner company. that you had. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. So I have a question that all the listeners want to know, and I don't think you guys know the answer, but it, I would be a poor host if I didn't ask. So um, the day after Christmas, actually that week they'll be off, but yeah. who's taking over the morning show? Insiders uh, want to know. The, yeah, you know what? At this point, they don't really know. Honestly, well, yeah. why plan two ahead? Weeks. For two weeks. Probably yeah, they've only had a year to figure it out. <laughs> Maybe this tells us something more about radio management. They have. Well, there's a lot. There, I, I, as I understand, there's a lot of scenarios out there, but uh, but uh, they're not 100 percent sure uh, of what what will be. I'm, I'm I'm assuming that the people that are on there now will will remain, but but in the I'm still in, in the marketing sales department. They haven't given us any specifics of what's what's next. You Would know. you take that job though? Would I take that job yeah. after you? No, thank you. Because we'll everybody see. that would take it after you have to say, uh, so it's it's almost like uh, uh, when Jay Leno took over for Johnny Carson. Yeah, I mean, is, yeah. I mean, who who would want that? You know, I, I want to be the guy after that, you. My dad gave me that advice when I got my first job as a general manager, and the store was terrible. It yeah. was just awful. And he goes, Doug, that's good. I said, what do you mean, Dad? It's brain damage. He goes, you never want to follow a star. Yeah, you look yeah. good by comparison. Well, because there's only one place you can go, right? Yeah. You brought him up before, but I was offered Steve Cannon's job when he retired, and I said, nope. Ooh. No, thank that you. I'm not a, following Steve Cannon. The, the Bernard be mess. Gear the shift Bernard, and it would have been a mess. For the uh, listeners. Can that you would imagine be big, going from Steve Cannon to yeah. me on CCO? That would have been, <laughs> that, that that been, been a culture hey, shock. Blow it. And I love both of you, so I can say that. Yeah, Mike Gelfand was very good friends with with Steve Cannon. I don't know if other people know that. I hope you don't mind me sharing that, Mike. But uh, you're one of the few people that was with him, I think, almost to the end of his life, right? Yeah. One thing I will tell you about Steve Cannon, though, was kind of a heartbreaker for me was 
even though I turned the job down, he was always pissed at me they offered me his job. <laughs> I, I didn't take it, Steve. What are you mad at me for? Well, because I I didn't want you to be doing my he, bits. He never talked to, to me again. He Morgan Monday. never talked to me again. I, really? I never heard him say, well, say a bad word about you. No, but I, I think he just... That wasn't his way. I He's used, never I said any a, word. I was a huge fan of Steve Cannon. Oh, I thought he was me too. terrifically talented. He was because I grew up as a as a as a guy who used to sit in his room and talk to himself. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, right. I'm not even no, kidding. No, that's true. I think radio. I think people who go into radio in many cases are just inherently lonely people. No doubt. That's funny you'd say that because I remember when I first started when I was 14, my grandma said. Well, how many people are, are listening to you on a Sunday night on, on AM 600 KSJB in Jamestown? I said, Grandma, I don't know, but if, if nobody is, then I guess I'm basically talking to myself in a closet. Yeah, so what's the difference? <laughs> I never really know. And uh, it's, it's, uh, one thing I should say, and it, maybe this is what I'll say next Friday, I don't think people in Minnesota realize in radio and television and newspapers how many superstars they've had in a market this size. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, some of the most talented people I've ever heard have been in this market. Thanks, Tom. Well, I was going to start with D for Doug. Doug Sprinthal and the entire Walzer family of dealerships. Well, and the other other thing is, you know, when I look back at at my 25 years there, you know, obviously um, there's a lot of people who I'm grateful for, and I'm not going to yank anyone's chain right now, but um, because I don't want to seem like I'm obsequious, but um, but in the end, you know, it's 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 the listeners. Yeah. I mean, they were they were always such a huge part of the show. No, a huge part of the show. And, you know, they really, I mean, there were, without us, there was no show, but without the listeners, there was no there show. There was no show. That's, That's exactly absolutely right. true. Yep. And that, and, and an attitude of gratitude is always good, you know, and, and, and I, I'm sure That's you would agree. That's what it was all about. Even though there's some, some acrimony, Tom, I mean, how much KQRS has meant in your career. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about 36, that. 36, 37 years, so. Yeah, I mean, if Cumulus had ever bought it, it would have been better. I'm just telling you mm-hmm. flat out. Cumulus and I have never gotten along, not since the Dickey brothers walked through the door. I still no, remember it's, all it's the It's kind pe- of odd, isn't it, that there were dark clouds that formed? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I do uh, worry about the next person who, who jumps on board, and if it's the Joan River syndrome, and they end up uh, never oh, having a, any Joan. kind of... Uh, Pat, you know, it was a 90-minute show, um, and it, we didn't start the clock when you walked in the door. We wrap it up, pal. I did get paid by the word. And I like my check uh, now. This is the yes. episode, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. We made it to 150. Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy uh, Hanukkah. Festivus for the rest of us. We will. I will not be on the show next week. We've got uh, Team Israel in town. I'm going to be chauffeuring them about well, Mazel Tov to you. Yeah. Over and out, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in.